Hello, it is 6.30 a.m. in New York, 12.30 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 5.30 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com. I am a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. Ordinary, by definition, is tied to standard. It's synonymous with natural, normal, traditional, typical. And for some, there's some safety in ordinary. And for others, there may even be validation in being, quote, normal. But what if that feels confining? claustrophobic even. And what if at the same time, the non-traditional, the non-typical, the non-ordinary feels daunting as well? If this resonates with you, please know you are absolutely not alone. I have walked the journey with many of my clients as they've stepped out of their cages of ordinary and stepped into the wilderness of non-ordinary. And that journey isn't quite as simple as you would think. And one of the things I'm really excited about is to share with you another person's journey on while they came to living an un- ordinary life. You might be in that tension right now, feeling bored by the traditional, the normal, or what other people say is typical and wanting to break free, but you don't know how. Okay, I've got something actually in the works to help you do just that. That might be perfect for you. So stay tuned to the end of this podcast and check out the show notes where you can learn more. But to help me explore this question right now, and give you a behind-the-scenes look at how she navigated this journey. It is my heartfelt gratitude to welcome Carolyn, a client of mine, who has walked this journey as a special guest on Expat Happy Hour today. Carolyn, thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Sandy. It's very exciting to be here. Okay, so I'm going to tell people a little bit more about you, Caroline, and um, they will decide for themselves if they think that anything about your life is actually ordinary. <laughs> um, but what what's important is where you were feeling, right? So I'll tell you a little bit more about Caroline right now. So basically, born and raised in Stockholm, got a business degree from Stockholm University, and also a degree from France, spent early on times, um, you know, hungry to travel and see the world, did some work overseas after, you know, graduating and working in a few positions, got into PR and communications while living in Johannesburg. So kind of a neighbor at one point um, of our lives crossing. And then what happened? And this is a story that many of us know. She met a South African, her husband, now South African, and became an expat spouse in the United States, England, and Switzerland. So people who are listening to this, who are expats, see a story that might resonate with you because your life looks like that. Of course, people who don't live globally mobile lives might think this is, you know, a wild life, but this is a story for many of us, right? So in that process, 
she shares about how she chose hard, right? Fought hard to remain in her career because of all of the degrees that she had, right? But after 10 years of running an internal communication business out of Switzerland for a pharma industry and starting a family, looking after small kids and, you know, helping your husband as he worked abroad, things can get hard, right? Mm. In 2017, they moved to Brussels and that's when she said goodbye to her communications agency and hit pause. So I know there are so many people listening, Caroline, that resonate with your story. Yeah. That, that ambition, <laughs> right? That ambition, that hunger for travel, um, the, you know, falling in love with someone from another country, really working hard to make it work and then deciding in midst of it all to hit pause. That's such a courageous move. Yeah, maybe, but also I think sometimes it's uh, unavoidable. You get to a point where you just, I mean, maybe you get to a point because it's like an opportunity to hit pause. Like I did a move and it just made me reflect and, and I just, I just realized that, okay, I can't carry on like this. Or sometimes it's, it's just something that, you know, you just feel regardless of change or no change, you just have to stop, you know, mm -hmm. something has to change. So you stop right. and that's right. what happened. We moved and, and I just decided I can't carry on the same way. Right. And that's the hard part. And I know this is from a lot of um, clients I've worked with is if your partner has the lead assignment and it creates a stability for your kids, let's just say be in international school or to, you know, pay the mortgage mm. and you have a career as well. Oftentimes families choose the one who has the less fixed role mm. to pause. Right. Exactly, and, yeah. Right. And because of gender dynamics and the way things have developed over time, it's often the woman, not always that is changing, but it's often the woman who, who does that. Yeah. Um, so you hit pause. Um, and then between 2017, 2019, you were living your family life. Um, you said your husband was finally home almost every evening, but this is when you and I met, right? Yeah, you were exactly. feeling, you were feeling dissatisfied. Can you say more how you were feeling before, like right before you hopped on the phone with me? How was life going? So, in uh, from one side, from one perspective, it was going better because we had a better family life. Like we were, like my husband was actually working, uh, and we were living in the same city. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so we were seeing a lot more of each other. The kids were seeing him. He could, you know, join for school events and sports events and, you know, all those normal things that are nice to do together, but we had never really done because he was always working in another country. So he was the kind of person who was away Monday to Thursday, uh, or Friday. So, you know, so, so from a family life perspective, things were better. I thought uh, life in Brussels was much more suitable for my 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 personality, my interests. I was living in the city, or still is, but you know. So so all those things were good, and it was also nice to have put the communication work behind me. Like I didn't mm -hmm. have that pressure anymore. I I didn't have to think about the industry in that way anymore and, and that was nice because I you know honestly I, I was feeling like it wasn't giving me what it what a job should be giving you in my view so so that was good but I was feeling lost you know like because mm -hmm. essentially you know all the family things and 
and the busy family life you know that that's great and it can occupy all your time and and that's fine if you're happy with that but I wasn't happy with that right I've said this so many times in podcasts but I'm gonna say it again for for new listeners one of my um participants in a workshop explained it really well she said when in Burkina Faso you when you go to the market and you are trying to negotiate a price with someone at the market and you make a proposition um, for how much the thing should cost. And the market um, seller will say, c'est bon, mais n'est pas arrivé, which, which yeah. in my bad, you know, sort of West African accent <laughs> French <laughs> from an American is, um, it's good, but it's not all the way there yet, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and she said that's how she felt about motherhood. Mm. That and this is where you would get stoned alive from people if you said that out loud. Like, how come? How how dare you ever say that that's not enough, right? Mm. Because it's such an important role and it's such a wonderful part. And because you, we don't have permission to say that, but she or her point is, hey, it is good. Like this is really good, and I want even more in my life. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh... I, I mean, like, I don't think that's a very unique feeling. Right. It is. Um, is I, we don't have permission to say that as a culture, though. And no. and the and to recognize that even having the option to to be a full time mother or be a full time mother and do something outside the home is actually a luxury. Some people don't even have that privilege to choose. No, exactly. Right. And I think that's what what makes it um, kind of a taboo topic, right? Because mm -hmm. who am I to complain? And also, I mean, don't don't forget, like my situation is very is very good, right? I don't have financial problems. I don't have to mm -hmm. worry about how we're going to pay the rent. So I'm one of those fortunate people who really should just like, in a way, in my view, then the way I'm think or have been thinking, I should just shut up and get on with it, right? Right. I hear that. I hear that from a lot of people. The one thing, this is just my personal opinion. If you're feeling, um, if anyone who has a similar situation where you're, you're feeling like you're hungry for a deeper sense of purpose or more meaning, and yet you have all kinds of other sort of core needs met, you can easily feel guilt or shame for, for that. At the same time, I can't tell you how many examples I've seen of wonderful clients I've worked with when they find that that deeper sense of purpose and meaning, they actually contribute to their community and to their society in much bigger mm. and more impactful ways. So instead of just enjoying privilege, they're actually doing something with their privilege to make an impact um, with in their community members, their family members, and those around them. So without that sense of empower that empowerment, um, they're actually not making impact anywhere. No. In fact, yeah. they're going like down a downward spiral in their relationships and their health and their self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring people back. Um, you know, so you were feeling a little bit of sense of, you know, lack of purpose. We actually spoke twice. Once we spoke a year prior. Yeah. And I think that was quite soon after I arrived in Brussels, actually. Yeah. It, I arrived in June and we spoke, I think, September time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then, uh, yeah. I wasn't ready to commit, right? I didn't think mm -hmm. I was worth it. Let's face it. That mm. was what it was. Thank you for saying that out loud, right? Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many people I work with who eventually, when we work together, they find out along the way, um, 
that the reason why they delayed so long to do something for themselves is they didn't feel comfortable with investing in themselves. Like they, you know, they buy their kids the most high quality, um, you know, athletic shoes to protect their feet, or they pick out really nice quality things for their family members for presents, but they always get the cheap stuff for themselves. (laughs) You and I have discussed all of this and it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're not the only one. This happens a lot. So if you don't mind, so then a year went by, right? We hadn't talked to each other. And then what changed? Why did you contact me again? I think I, I just realized that, okay, I was I was like in a good place in Brussels. Like I, I could no longer kind of blame it on my surroundings because where I lived before, I, there was a lot of things that I wasn't happy with, like just for the sheer fact where we, where we were. And now we were in Brussels and I knew for a fact that my surroundings were good. My, um, I had friends, you know, my husband was at home, you know. So I suddenly mm-hmm. went like, well, clearly, you know, there, it's still not right. There's still something missing. Mm-hmm. And I need to get this kind of sorted now. I, it felt like time was just, you know, going past and nothing changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, I think that's how I came back to you, right? When I, I just mm-hmm. said, I think you asked me, like, so where are you now? And basically, I was like, admitting I was in exactly the same place where I'd been a year before when I called you. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's perfect because honestly, this is the thing about when, when I have a coaching relationship with someone, I can't coach motivation into somebody, right? Like you have to be motivated, um, to do something. And it sounds like what you needed was you just need to get installed and try everything yeah, and see if it got better. And once you did try everything and it still wasn't different, you were ready to do something else. Yeah, Absolutely. So I'm going to give them a sneak peek into how we started working together because uh, mm-hmm. this loops back to why you're even on the show today. So I'll, I'll bring the listeners in on how this all started. Um, one of the first questions I ask when I work with people is what are your top burning issues? And Caroline has given me permission to read a short excerpt from her answer. And um, she says, I need to be able to happily and confidently respond when someone asks me what I do. Explanation point, explanation point, explanation point. (laughs) I'm going to censor maybe some of the language here. It feels kind of bleep to not have an answer despite as it feels like I'm working my bleep off from morning until evening, managing our lives and keeping everything going and everyone happy. All that makes me and my family comfortable, but it gives me very low satisfaction. And then you say, my goal with the whole coaching thing is when someone asks me what I do, I have a kick-ass reply that will make me feel great. And that if someone is interested in hearing more, they can ask questions about that and not about my husband's job, my kids, or which school they go to, where I've lived, or where I'm from. So Caroline, tell me... (laughs) what What do you do (laughs) oh it feels quite good I'm not 100% there yet but jeepers I'm 99% so let's hear what you got I'm gonna tell you what I do I'm an investor Mm -hmm. so I invest in Mm -hmm. various things and uh, I invest in cryptocurrency I run a pharmaceutical company 
And I also invest in the blue economy. And that, in my case, means that I'm investing in seaweed farming in Europe. I mean, how interesting is that? I don't even, didn't even know the word blue economy. <laughs> I know. It when I good, hear right? seaweed farming, it sounds so good. And like when I hear seaweed, I just want to know more about seaweed. I'm intimidated by cryptocurrency, right? All of this stuff is so fascinating, right? So what I love about this, and then I'll give you a little backstory why Caroline is even on the on the show today. Um, this is her real answer, right? This is this is what happened as a result of our coaching. And you and I had exchanged a couple emails, and it was actually Caroline's idea to say, hey, we're done coaching. Like you've done your job. I'm so happy. This is where I'm at. Um, is there a way that we can share this so it benefits others? So Caroline, actually, you know, you suggest it yourself. And it's so generous of you um, because I know someone who's listening right now is like, oh, that's me. And I want mm -hmm. to be able to go from that place of low satisfaction to that kick-ass answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It feels that's really so good. good. So tell me, like, how, tell us, help the listener understand too, like, how did that happen? How did you go from that place of low satisfaction to now? So I think, I mean, it was, it was definitely uh, this, I wasn't ready to accept to be so dissatisfied with my life. I think that's the first thing mm -hmm. that I really, mm -hmm. I was like, this is, this is not on, you know, how can it be this way? Mm -hmm. I, I should, I have so many opportunities or, or like it felt, I had so many opportunities. What happened, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it was from dissatisfaction and wanting to change things. And, but I mean, I, it, it was going on for years before I, I found you and contacted you. I mean, it wasn't, mm -hmm. this, this was, this, it, it wasn't good, you know, it was this mm -hmm. unmet need. So, so, but then also, I think what happened when I finally came to Brussels was that I had more time to, because I didn't work anymore. So then I went like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find out about this thing. I'm not going to just list, hear something and then go, oh, I don't understand that. It was a bit more like, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to understand that. Why couldn't I be able to learn about that? And and then mm -hmm. was it a year? Maybe it was 20. No, it must have been 2018. Then, um, anyway, I decided, I met this guy who spoke about cryptocurrency and I just decided, this is it. I'm going to learn about this. There's something about it that is appealing. So I signed up for a conference in London, went over there, had two days of immersion, learned loads, and and then it kind mm. of it just took off and and it was great. It was exciting. Mm. I finally learned something right. new and I did it. It was only me and I found all the online resources and I taught myself how to do this and uh, and it, it it's it's kind of an ongoing topic and industry that will change and there's so many aspects and facets to it. But you know, I do my part of it and I'm also kind of satisfied with that. There are parts that I already know I can never understand, conquer, or be interested in, but I can do my bit, and, and that gives me satisfaction. So that's great. And then I think it was this curiosity of, of just changing and allowing myself to, to explore areas that I never had time to explore before. Right. And what I'm hearing from that is there's something from like my nerdy intercultural side <laughs> is um, when I hear that, one, I'm hearing like... Um, 
there was something inside you that had a growth mindset where you said, hey, I've learned other things in the past. I can learn this. Mm -hmm. And from an identity perspective, it's like you didn't believe the lie. I'm not the kind of person who learns about cryptocurrency, right? You weren't going to accept an identity no. that was limited. Yeah. And, and I think once you take that step and you decide basically, okay, now I'm going to say it, f*** you. If I want to learn mm -hmm. this, I'm going to learn this. There are no yep. limits, you know. Yep. It's not like you, you're applying to go to Harvard. My God, you've got the whole internet. You've got all the courses. You've got everything there. You can learn almost anything on your own. But you, right. And you can do it, you know, without a lot of resources. It doesn't cost a lot of money. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and once you've taken that first step, I think then you, uh, you know, then you're ready to, to explore. And, and that's, that starts something within you, you know, changes you. And there was another belief that a lot of my, even myself, I, this is one of my favorite um, lies I like to tell myself is it's going to be difficult and yeah. it's going to take a long time. Those are my two favorite lies. I discovered they were kind of my default in 2008 and I still work on that. Like uh, they'll go away for a while and then every time I'm up leveling, they'll come back again and I'll giggle because I'm like, oh, you're back. <laughs> yeah. Nice to see you again. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is you weren't believing the lot. You weren't believing the thought, hey, it's going to be difficult. You're like, I can do this. I can break it down. I'll do the first step. Like that's super empowering. Mm -hmm. But remember, you and I had a good session on that as well. That kind of reinforced mm -hmm. that. Right. So, and because I mean, I, I remember that session. It was great because it it suddenly mm -hmm. like helped me to change my perspective and kind of, yeah, well, you know, I can do this. I can do it in mm -hmm. small bits and chunks, right? Yep. So small chunks. Take the first step. Um, focus on what you can do. I love all of that. That's wonderful. Wow. So that's a lot. That's mm -hmm. a lot already that you've done. So what else did you do that got you? What like tell me about the the messy bits in between? Like this is great that you've done that, but there must have been messy bits for you. Yeah, there were lots of messy bits, you know. And I think there were it was like confusing and but but I think that the the one thing when I look back now at especially you know our period from when we started and we had our first session up until when I suddenly went like you know what I think I'm kind of I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which you know, what's now recently, uh, was that, you know, we did some exercises in the beginning that I would, you know, I would never have done that unless you asked me to do that. I remember our session with you said mm -hmm. to me, like, think about, uh, or before I see you next time, I want you to have done three really fun things, fun things that have got nice, there is no purpose to them. They must just be fun. You must just, you know, mm -hmm. something that makes you excited. Yep. And I realized, yeah. remember, I had, I had basically, my mind went blank. I had nothing <laughs> fun. Nothing fun came up in my head. Like, there, there was nothing. And I just realized that how depressing, like, how sad of a state of mind is this? Where I've, like, dug myself into a hole where someone says, go and do something fun, and nothing comes up. Nothing pops up. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sad. So that exercise, when I, I was you know, thinking about doing something fun. And uh, um, I think I achieved at least two fun things mm -hmm. um, was it was very liberating because it, it forced me to think in a different way. And I started to allow myself to, to have fun, you know, yeah. 
Yep, totally. And that's where the creativity comes. That's where the opening of new channels in your brain starts. Yes, absolutely. And what I was going to get to, so that was, so that was like, it changed something within me. But of course, if you would say like, well, what is that exercise actually going to kind of, is that going to make you come out at the other end and know what you want to do with your life? Of course, if you look at it like that, no, you're going to say Mm -hmm. no. But Mm -hmm. the point is when I look back now, like, Every step I took and everything I did, although at, in the moment, it didn't feel like they were the ones that were going to change anything, all of those adds up. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. a period of time later, you look back and you look at your life now and you realize, wow, something has changed. I have changed. Right. Yeah. So good. And what that really requires is you need to trust the process. Yes, exactly. Right. And, and that's the thing. I trust it because I've been doing this for a decade. You know, like I'm like a giddy little schoolgirl every time someone new signs with me because I'm like, yay, we get to discover the thing. I don't know what the thing is yet, but I know the process works. Um, And I'm just going to quickly step back for a second for people who've never worked with me before. The process happens, I mean, unique to each person. There's no cookie cutter approach. But what you can often, you can often expect is, you know, people usually come to me when they're feeling like they don't know, like they don't, they're not happy anymore. Whatever has been happening isn't good enough and they want to, they feel stuck and something has to change, right? That's often, Mm. you know, when people are feeling that kind of level of frustration or pain, that's usually when we start working together. And then we look at the bullshit that we tell ourselves, right? Like I Mm. said, two of my favorite lies is it's going to be difficult. It's going to take a long time. You might've had other versions of that as well. And we just start to see those and how they are, um, really flowing through our lives. Um, I've also shared in other podcasts how a thought like that'll do mm-hmm. was yeah. in my own life and how it led to completely transforming my entire wardrobe <laughs> and <laughs> <Yeah>. life <laughs> and life because that one thought, right? So the power of what we're thinking really impacts our emotions and our behavior and how we show up in the world. And then we get to the part where we got, where we were like, where we went to dreaming, where we're like, hey, yeah, you could do stuff more with cryptocurrency. You could work, you know, in the seaweed industry. What if you spent your day like the CEO of your own company, right? Like we mm. got to play yeah. in that that dreaming space. And then you had to do the hard work. And that's where I was there to make sure that you stayed on track. Mm. No, no, absolutely. And, mm. And that's when my job is done. When you're like, you know what? I'm really happy. All I'm doing is tweaking my level of stress down and my level of happiness up. You don't need a coach when you're at that point of your life. No, but then also, I think, like I I was very open with you, that right now it feels good. Everything feels fine. But I also, I totally can see that, you know, maybe I'll need you again. We need, I need someone to push me back on track. And that's the beauty of the whole thing, isn't it? That, you know, you get to a point where you're fine, but then again, you, things change all the time and they evolve. But now it's more like now I can, I have trust in myself to do the journey. Like Mm -hmm. this, before it was, everything was gray and boring and, you know, but now it's not, it's exciting and it's still, I know it's still going to be hard, but it's, I feel like it's, it's going to be okay. I just have this positive feeling, which is amazing. 
It's so amazing. So tell us now, like, give us one or two examples of how you're living a non-ordinary life. Well, first of all, my non-ordinary life, I, I have, ex- because in my life, in, in my whole kind of period from university up until, you know, very recently, I just met with people who were basically, you know, very similar. They, they were all chasing big careers. They were all working for for big companies. They were all moving around the world and and kind of staying in offices all day, traveling and, you know, and that was success. That was how I thought success mm-hmm. looked like. I never met, how can I say, different people. Or, or if I met them, they were, you know, they, they weren't around. They, I didn't have anyone to look at that could show me mm-hmm. this is, you mm-hmm. can live a different life. So I was, mm-hmm. that was what I thought would be good. And that was something I was looking for. Uh, but then again, I never threw myself into the full corporate life because I always just took a step back and looked at, but what the hell, if both I and my husband are doing this corporate life, who's going to be with our children? Like, mm-hmm. seriously? And and mm-hmm. I, I could never, uh, never accept that. Like the kids always and are always top priority. Mm-hmm. So, so that, so, so, so there was this mismatch, you know, what I thought success and happiness was with what I felt in my heart and that I needed to do as a priority, which was to always look out for the kids because, you know, you said there was a mismatch between what was in your head and what was in your heart. Yeah. I think that's really important to recognize and honor to anybody who's listening and feels a mismatch between what's in their head and often what's in our head is what society says, mm-hmm. right? Or what we yeah. believe is true versus what's in our heart of what we really want. Yeah. And I have struggled to do what my heart wanted, which was to to be there for my kids. If my husband would have been mm-hmm. at home more, we could have shared more, but that just wasn't yeah. an option. That wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So it was, it fell on me and that's not criticism of him. It was, our, it was our, our life. It was what we decided to do consciously or unconsciously, you know, but I mm-hmm. always felt, God, I need to be with these kids because like, seriously, I don't, I'm not going to have some, you know, mm-hmm. or pair or pair look after them for most of their time. Anyway. So, so the point was, that, so that was what I thought life should be like. And then, and that was success and that was going to be happiness. And now when I'm, I'm now gone through this whole process and maybe because I've also reached a certain age and, you know, I, I just realized like, you know, stuff it. Like, and, and Corona, I mean, that was kind of the last kind of, what is the mm-hmm. expression? The last nail in the whatever, you know. In the coffin. In exactly. the coffin. That, well, that's nothing to strive for, to be away mm-hmm. and sit in an office and, you know, it's like it doesn't work. It doesn't work for us people anymore. You know, so so now the non ordinary is that I'm I'm doing challenging stuff business wise. I'm mm-hmm. combining that with my passion for the environment and for the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm into the investing in the current cryptocurrency field because. I think it's new, it's novel, and 
And I'm just really keen on things that are new and novel and that is disrupting the status quo, you know, that it's something that is just chattering the way it used to be. And I think both of these industries, the, the the blue economy and the cryptocurrency, that it's creating something new in the world. And that's amazing to be part of. Uh, and that's the so pharmaceutical exciting. side of things, that's, I think that's going to be a really good income for, mm-hmm. for right. my family, which means right. that I can allow myself to be, and my husband, that's the plan. I'm going right. to f- make him stop working. <laughs> 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 and, you know, get off that corporate wheel. Right. That's one of the things I always joke with my husband. I'm like, my goal in my business is to retire you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if you want to do that. It's a realistic goal. And I, you know, it's like, it's here and now. I want to make it happen. It's not like going to happen in 10 years. It's going to happen right. soon. You know, we, we need to, you know, seize the day, which is amazing. And you're the perfect example of what I was just saying. If so, you're someone who is investing in the blue economy. You're you're putting your energy and heart there. And if you hadn't given yourself permission to step up to align your head and heart, you wouldn't be working um, on the front lines of the blue economy, right? So you're you are actually making a contribution in your way for the environment and to reverse climate change because you did your own work. Yeah. And it all started with a dissatisfaction on how you introduce yourself at parties. Yeah, I think you're right there. It's as easy as that. (laughs) And that is why I love to do what I do, because it's that one moment where you're like, no. And you had no idea it was going to lead you here. No. Absolutely not. You trusted, I loved, I said you trust, you have to trust the process. And what you said earlier was I trusted myself. Yeah. And I gave myself permission to go and change, you know, and get some help to change. And that's why you just blew me away with your suggestion to, to share your story. Um, because it's your story, it's your journey. You don't have to share that with anybody. Um, but I hear from you, it's like, if you can make that change. Uh, imagine if if 20 people listen to this and they all made a change. Like that would you would make a collective impact on them and the communities. That, that would be wonderful. See. That would be mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful because if there are a lot of you know women or men like you know like you and me who have lived this expat wife for spouse life mm-hmm. you we all know how many amazing people that are living this life, but they're a bit lost. They're a bit lost uh, on a personal level. And, you know, they they solve it in various ways. You know, some, we all know the whole brigade that runs half of the school uh, and do all <laughs> the amazing things at the school. And, and, and that gives them a huge amount of satisfaction. And it's fantastic. And it's fantastic for the rest of us who are not involved in it so much. Yeah, They do it for our kids as well. And, and some, for some people, that works, right? Uh, totally. Like, for me, that was never going to be an option. I, I help. I want to be involved, but that's not what's going to give me the kick and give right. me this energy. Right. And I just want to say, too, like, w- exactly, it's around the kick and the energy. And for some people, it might be leaving a position and deciding 
giving yourself permission to stay home um, mm. as a full-time mother or full-time father or whatever. It's it, There's no judgment in no. what shift you make. It's about honoring that where you feel lost or where you feel stuck um, is valid and worth listening to and that you can get into a different place. And it actually doesn't have to take a very long time. And it doesn't have to be that hard. You can actually have some fun along the way, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, I don't think it took as many sessions before it started to kind of lift, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. like I, I, I started to feel excited. And, yeah, and so that good. was a feeling that I had missed for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's good. It's great. That's great. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story. It means the world to me. And I'm just hoping that there's people out there right now who are like, oh, that sounds a lot like me. Maybe a different context, maybe a different, you know, direction, but that same process of, ah, uh, something's not working. You're feeling mm. lost or feeling stuck. And you are such an inspiration of, of how that doesn't have to stay that way. And I'm sure your family thanks you for it. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Any last um, words of wisdom that you would give to people who are kind of feeling energetically in the same place you were um, when we started working together? I think one of the things that you taught me very early on, which would never have occurred to me or, you know, you, you it's just not part, it wasn't part of my pattern of how I behaved or what I did. And that, that stopped me from, from changing was that I never put myself first. Mm-hmm. I always went, okay, am I going to do some chores instead of going training? And then I did chores and then maybe I still had time to train. Am I going to have a cup of coffee and sit and think for five minutes? Or am I going to rush off and do, you know, whatever? And now mm-hmm. I am... I'm the opposite. And mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that I, I don't do all of those things, but it's just like they have to they have to wait. Yeah. My my training is first. If yeah. I need a cup of coffee and sit and stare at the window for 5 minutes, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you fill your tank so you have the power. Exactly, do- because then suddenly new thoughts come into your head. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's it and that starts those small, small steps of change and and then bigger things will follow. Yep, totally. And it's that simple. It's as simple as starting the day with five minutes of coffee can catapult your entire day in a different direction. I think so. Caroline, thank you so much for your your awesome offer to come and share your story with people. It's really meant a lot to me. Um I love your journey and and loved how you've shown up courageously um, for yourself and for your family and for these really important um, priorities that you've defined for you. You're an inspiration. And um, I'm really grateful that you've taken this platform and you can share and inspire others. So it means the world to me. Well, thank you, huh? My life is different now, thanks to you. So it's it's been amazing. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, you guys, you heard it from her. It's been so wonderful to share that with you. Um, 
I see amazing stories like this all the time. And I, I, sometimes I want to scream them from the rooftops, but obviously that's not my job to do. And she was so um, generous to offer to come on today and, and use her journey as a, a jumping point for, for you if you're thinking you're in the same place. Um, and it all started with her saying, um, the way I feel right now, is, is not okay. And I want to do something else. And then she reached out for help, no matter whether it's help from me or someone in your network or someone outside of your community, but to sort of say, I've come as far as I can on my own. Now I'm going to take action and do it differently. So you have been listening to expat happy hour with Sunday Shinder Bean. I promise you something to help bring some fresh energy and focus into your life. So you can do the work to create momentum on what matters most to you, just like Caroline did. So you're going to want to pay attention if you've slipped into a rut and you find yourself replacing those hard fought positive patterns with some not so healthy behaviors, or maybe you're kind of worried that you're giving up on your personal and professional goals that you actually committed to achieving in 2020. 2020 is not a write-off yet, even though it feels like it is. But there is plenty of 2020 left. And this is really where the rubber meets the road. You know, you've spent your attention probably everywhere but on yourself. And there's no way that your goals should take a backseat forever. That's why I've created Focus Camp, because this is an opportunity to use this weird limbo time and re-strategize your 2020 goals, refuel your energy, and get fresh focus and make real progress on the things that mean the most to you. I absolutely know the world is upside down, but we still need to move ahead. Okay, so I'm filling up spots right now to Focus Camp, and I would love you to grab one of them. Don't take my word for it. I'm going to share with you some things that my Focus Camp attendees said after they completed the Focus Camp. They said things like it gave them a clear strategy for the rest of the year. One said I'm much more productive and focused in short slots of time because you've got multiple priorities that you're balancing. Someone else said, I feel like I'm working on a team and I don't feel lonely in my solopreneur routine. I mean, how amazing is that? Another said, it's a perfect mix of challenges to keep you going and on your toes, first class support, fun calls, straightforward feedback on your work and the feeling of working in a team, right? This is what you get when you work in focus camp. So join the focus squad. I want you to be saying these things even as early as next week. So check out Focus Camp in the show notes. I would love for you to join us. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with a quote from The Minimalists. An extraordinary life doesn't just happen. It is constructed, crafted, and curated. Um. <laughs>